The Orlando Pride have placed head coach Amanda Cromwell and first assistant coach Sam Green on administrative leave, all pending the results of an investigation into allegations of retaliation. It's the latest in a long run of NWSL coaching suspensions, firings, and the like. Meg Linehan is here to tell us why this one is important and how a new policy in the league is having its intended effect. I'm Alex Abnos from The Athletic, and this is Soccer Every Day for Wednesday, June 8th. There is more news in the NWSL, so I have Meg Linehan here with me to discuss it. And Meg, uh, the news came through yesterday that the Orlando Pride have placed uh, their head coach, Amanda Cromwell, and her first assistant, Sam Green, on administrative leave. Um this you know, there's this is a developing story. A lot might change even from the time that we're recording right now as we sit here on Tuesday and when people are listening to this on Wednesday. But as we talk right now, what do we know about this uh, situation? How did it come about? And uh, what are the steps going forward? Yeah, so with any really announcement tied to the overall joint investigation between the NWSL and the NWSL Players Association, which has been ongoing, since last October. The details that are publicly available are a little thin. What I think is really notable about the Orlando case is that they provided uh, a definitive reason for why these two coaches have been placed on administrative leave. And this is because of uh, potential reports of retaliation against players. So that is covered by the league's, you know, I still call it the anti-harassment policy. It has a new name because it addresses a lot more than just harassment, but there is a very specific part of this policy tied to retaliation, which basically says, if you participate in some investigation Mm -hmm. and then are retaliated against, that's against the rules. So even by saying that there is retaliation, there is sort of a suggestion of there had been some sort of previous investigation in some form into Orlando Pride, whatever is happening there right at the moment. So we know it's retaliation. I've also been told by multiple sources that the league has frozen player movement in and out of Orlando right at the moment. So that means no trades, no no waves of players, Mm -hmm. which is also potentially a real problem for Orlando because right at the moment, the window is open in the NWSL. And based on results, they were probably hoping to do something. So there's, there's there's a few pieces to this. In terms of actual concrete details, as we have experienced before, (laughs) we don't necessarily have a lot that is out in the public sphere as of right now. And I should say, let let me just like pose a hypothetical to you just to make clear sort of what the retaliation is. So you're saying that like if you as a player um, are, you know, participating, like you participate in an investigation that happens to be against your coach. And then the coach finds out and they punish you somehow for it. That is what this would cover in terms of retaliation. Yeah, And there's there's a few pieces to it. But really, at its heart, it's if you are participating in some form of investigation, and that could mean the Sally Yates investigation, that could mean a team investigation, that could mean that there's a lot of investigations still (laughs) happening around this league. Right. And, And we don't know. Like, there's nothing pointing to which one might be at play here, but Mm -hmm. Generally, retaliation is directly tied to your participation in some form of an investigation or knowledge or suggesting a teammate should report something. It's basically saying you cannot be punished for trying to do the right thing 
by reporting or encouraging someone to report. So that to me is a concern that now we, we know that there are reports of retaliation. So there's, there's potentially a much larger problem at hand here. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting, Meg, that this is happening in the NWSL and, and there's a lot of talk in this story about this particular policy, but an anti-retaliation policy is not exactly a new concept in most, uh, you know, workplaces, most like corporate workplaces, let's just say. I think anybody that works in a workplace of a certain size has has sat through the, the sort of video training they, yeah. they make you do about what constitutes retaliation and all these things. But this is a new thing in, in the NWSL. Uh, you know, what to what does this go back to basically the big Paul Riley story of last year and all the things that were implemented around that or just before that? Or is this sort of a new wrinkle that was introduced since then? Yeah, I mean, the the policy really comes from, I think it was implemented, the first version of it, it, it was recently updated, but the first version of it happens really only because Alex Morgan has been involved with the, the reporting process from Portland in 2015, right? So at the right. same time that Manishim and, and Sinead Farley are trying to report what's happening to, you know, their, their concerns about Paul Riley, there's also this separate track that's happening where Alex Morgan and a few other folks and also the NWSLPA are all kind of combining efforts into getting this anti-harassment policy put in place because before 2021, this didn't exist, right? Right. So you have that factor. You also have the fact that, yes, the joint investigation, it starts with the NWSL kind of immediately following the Paul Riley story dropping at The Athletic, but also kind of as a result of, of additional reporting happening at The Washington Post via Molly Hensley-Clancy, right? right? You have a lot of factors going into this. Yeah. Um, but you have the NWSL start their investigation immediately, like start of October, and then if we want to flash back a little bit, the players refuse to play that, that first set of games immediately following the Paul Riley story and issue their list of demands. And one of those results in the, the PA being part of this joint investigation task force that is now still looking at overall culture and historical incidents across the league, but is also there to address any current concerns. And as Amanda Cromwell and her coaching staff were all hired following October, this is all obviously new complaints that have, ha right. have been lodged. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And this isn't the first situation that we've seen that's sort of similar to this in the NWSL just this season. In uh, April, I believe it was, James Clarkson was uh, suspended by the Houston Dash. I believe that's sort of where that situation remains as the investigation continues. Is that Was that sort of on similar grounds as, as Cromwell under the sort of the same set of, uh, of policies or do we know less about that still? We know even less. So it was a new thing that they added retaliation into the Amanda Cromwell and Sam Green release with, okay. with James Clarkson. They did not provide a reason. But again, it is the same general process of 
some sort of report with him. We do not know if it's historical or new simply because he was one of, I think the only coach to, to make it through 2021 at the team yeah. that he started with. Um, so with Clarkson, he's waiting for the final results of this investigation. Cromwell and Sam Green will be awaiting the final results of this overall investigation. We do not have a timeline. I spoke to Jessica Berman last month. It was right around the start of the NWSL regular season. And I think right. there is a real understanding of, yes, there is a, a time sensitivity and a pressure here for this investigation, but at the same time, it has to be done the right way. But also, if they are getting new reports of potentially troublesome behavior, that is going to slow things down. And I think we'd have to have that understanding to this process as well. But there's there's a lot really now riding on the joint investigation from an NWSL league-wide perspective in that you have three coaches and their fates with their club kind of hanging in the balance. But there's also this expectation that we're going to get some sort of systemic recommendation as well there could be other reports of other coaches but I, I think you know what we saw come out of the Clarkson situation I think what we should also take away from the Cromwell and Green situation is that things are being investigated or addressed in real time and they are not waiting for a final report to come out before deciding that coaches should be removed from situations if if they perceive real right. concerns about the the team environment you said a couple things there Meg that uh, I want to sort of talk about with my last, you know, sort of question. And, you know, we've been talking very much in the weeds so far uh, for these past uh, eight minutes about policies and and, and uh, specific directives and, and what constitutes what. But I think what this news will mean to a lot of people is that, oh, my God, it's yet another NWSL coach that's being suspended or fired or in trouble in some way mm-hmm. for uh, some so for some transgression, uh, you know, so, one way or another. Between last year and this year, I think every single team in the league has been has been affected uh, by this, except for the expansion teams. <laughs> um, does the NWSL as a whole have like a big problem in terms of hiring coaches? So I think that there are going to be questions about the hiring process for Orlando simply because it did happen after Riley. And I think that there were historical issues with Cromwell that would have raised flags during the vetting process. The other part of it too, is that, yes, I think the the initial instinct is to say the NWSL clearly can't get this right. But what I think the bigger conversation that is happening at the NWSL and, and what I tried to kind of put out into the universe this morning or Tuesday morning is that the lines and the boundaries of what has been deemed acceptable and not acceptable are being redefined as part of this process. And that, that process is not complete by any stretch of the imagination. It won't be complete until probably every investigation is done and we're starting to see the systemic work really happen. And you're talking here about coach behavior, right? Coach behavior. Sure. Right. But also I think even the vetting process of like what might, be deemed acceptable or, you know, what needs further examination, what might need interviews, right? There is a lot of work that still needs to happen, I think. But I I do think that there needs to be a question of what is the vetting process like? Also for coaches coming from other, you know, what we have seen consistently 
in the NWCL is that coaches are coming from a previous role and that there were warning signs of that previous role that were not listened to or not found. And right. they get put in this position in the NWCL and a situation happens. And that is still kind of one of those big systemic things that needs to be addressed. Right. And I think it just speaks to the larger thing of NWCL is not like its own little island, right? That it is part of this larger world of, of soccer. And the NWCL might be grappling with these bigger questions and you know, I think what we have found this week is, okay, a lot of people for a long time kept just kind of kept shouting like, well, if you hire women, this is going to get resolved. And that is not the solution to the problem, right? You have to really go through and figure out how you want to vet these people, how the, the anti-harassment policy is going to work on a number of, of factors. Yeah. And just because the NWCL is doing that work doesn't mean that the people who are coming in from other parts of the soccer world have done that work. And that's going to be a really interesting thing to watch over the next few years of the NWCL could potentially be a real leader, or you're just going to see the same problems creeping up because the NWCL is not its own little world. Yeah. It, they they uh, don't make the rules for all of global soccer uh, if there was a body that did that, I think we would avoid a lot of this. Meg, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show today. Uh, by the way, assistant coach Seb Hines, uh, who is a former Orlando City player who's on the coaching staff, will be leading the Orlando Pride for the, I guess, foreseeable future until this issue is resolved. And we'll see what happens uh, by the end. Meg, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Before we go, your TV guide for today, all times are Eastern as always, and we have UEFA Nations League action today. All the games are at 2.45 p.m., but some tasty matchups here. We have Belgium versus Poland on Fox Sports 1, Wales versus Netherlands on Fubo Sports Networks and VIX, uh, Scotland versus Armenia on Fubo Sports Network and VIX, and Ireland versus Ukraine. That is going to be on Fox Soccer Plus. There are also games in the NWSL tonight. Chicago Red Stars versus Washington Spirit. That's on Paramount Plus. And your big CBS Sports Network game of the night is San Diego Wave versus Portland Thorns. Lastly, in the Priscilla Rao at 7.30 p.m. There's a bunch of games, but I chose these two just because they involve some teams that are pretty famous and that are in the Libertadores this year. At 7.30 p.m., RB Bragantino versus Flamengo. That is on Paramount Plus. Also on Paramount Plus at 8.30 p.m., Fluminense versus Atletico Mineiro. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can subscribe for $1 a month for six months by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thank you so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all.